Welcome to the Fast Brackets Podcast, where we highlight the cars and stars of top sportsmen and top dragster drag racing. I am your host, Rex Simmermaker, coming to you from the heart of Indianapolis, the racing capital of the world. Welcome to the show. Guys, girls, today is episode number 39. It is the second week of April 2020, and it is the 197th day of lockdown, or at least it feels like it. Our world has completely changed, and most of you are adapting nicely. There are a few that I'm concerned with, quite frankly, just from judging from your social media posts. So uh going to need you guys to hang in there just a little bit. That being said, I hope you and your family are so safe. Um, we are learning more and more about the Rona each day. And um, I did hear from what was supposed to be a quote-unquote credible source at CNN that there's an asteroid headed for the Earth in three weeks, and that's why we're all on lockdown, so that we can spend just a little bit of time with our families before the end of the world. Um, frankly, it's hard to believe anything anymore. And that to me sounds just as believable as anything else I've heard here lately. So hopefully you have all done what you need to do, um, you know, with the government to get some of that sweet cash that the fed is printing right now. Um, if not, please do that in the next 48 hours before all the funds run out, uh, go to your local bank or reach out me i'll help you where i can but before the earth explodes do yourself a favor and subscribe um, so you are the first to get each new episode of the fast brackets podcast if you're on um if you're a apple person go on itunes and subscribe and rate the show that's for that purple icon for all you apple folks and if you're an android person uh, subscribe and comment on the soundcloud app that will allow you to uh, subscribe and get every show uh, directly each Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And reach out, message me directly if you're having a hard time getting that set up so that uh, you don't have to search for the link each week. I really do appreciate you guys tuning in. And, um, you know, to pick you up just a little bit, we have two great guests on this week. We have Dan Phelps. He is your Midwest Pro Mod Series inaugural top dragster champion. And then we have Lance Keck from Vortex Superchargers, who are the title sponsor of top dragster and top sportsman on the NHRA national stage. I cannot wait to get them on, so let's do it. Get to doing whatever it is you do while you're listening to the show. Make your commute, clean your shop, work on the heap, whatever that is during this lockdown. But uh, metaphorically speaking, get your helmet on, get strapped in, because here we go. All right, let's make a pass. Let's get them hot. Let's put this thing in the water box. Guys, girls, things are just weird out there. Uh, most of you are either working from home or you have different shifts going on. The essential workers are still moving and doing their thing, but things are different. And some of us have a little more time on our hands. And there is 
a Japanese word called Kaizen, and it is spelled K-A-I-Z-E-N. And translated, it means constant improvement. So here's what's happened for me, and I don't know if the rest of you guys out there, but uh, there is a little more time on my hands. Um, we have, you know, some of you have no job to go to. Some of you have no travel to do with your jobs. Some of you have just simply saved the commute to work, which is nice. Uh, but it does give you a little bit extra time to maybe learn a new skill or to sharpen uh, what you do a little bit better. And that could be uh, a new skill, could be welding, could be painting. Maybe it means getting in better shape. Um, I do know this, that eating more does not count. Uh, that is not a new skill. That does not help our cause here. Um, and what I will tell you, in the frame of Kaizen and getting better each and every day, I'm going to start asking you, the listeners, and all of our guests in the, in the BEAM segment, what is the one thing you would do to make the sport better? And I don't ask that because I think it's messed up right now. But because, economically speaking, things are going to get rough. And we're all going to have to step our games up. I mean, everyone. And that's no matter what you do. Uh, it means when you're confined with your family, you've got to be a better husband and or wife. It means if you are a banker like me, you better be a better banker moving forward. Uh, if you're a cab driver, you better be better at that. We all need to get better. And Kaizen is the thought that we will consistently improve. So I'm, I am curious how that works for you as a driver, as a competitor. And all of us are in this thing. Uh, race directors, race promoters, we all have a part to play, and we all need to be a little bit better. I mentioned last week that I think drag racing in general has a chance to come out on the other side of this thing as a winner. It is a production sport, meaning that there is a, a little less hype uh, than some of the other motorsports, and I think that type of production uh, is going to be more valued in our society moving forward. There's going to be a mentality shift. There's going to be less flash, more work, and nothing is better than drag racing for that. Uh, I mentioned uh, that, for instance, NBA teams who currently put 20,000 people in their stadiums every night, they may have to reconfigure. They may have to redo their whole stadium so that now they only hold 8,000 or whatever the number is, and the cost to go to those events goes way, way up. Uh, that's not how drag racing is going to go. There is room to add more bleachers at almost every track in the country. Uh, we can get the same amount of people spread out a little bit, just practicing social distancing. I think it works from a drag racing standpoint, but we are all going to have to get better. We are going to have to refine the program. So I want to know from you, a, what are you doing with your extra free time to get better? Truthfully, the first week in lockdown, I treated it like it was a snow day. I took it easy. I was lazy. I was not good. So I had to revamp that thing and realize, hey, it is 
this is the life as we know it now. Uh, but also I want to know, B, what do you think is something that we could do to better the sport? I have plenty of thoughts on this. Not that any of them all that radical or expensive, but before I get into my dissertation, I want to hear from you. So please reach out either on the Facebook page, on the Twitter handle, and or email me directly at fastbracketsatoutlook.com. All right, let's put it in the beams presented by thisisbracketracing.com. And on with us now, a longtime hitter on the bracket racing scene, dominating the gateway big bucks races for years, and also the inaugural Midwest Pro Mod Series top dragster champion. On with us now, Dan Phelps. Dan, how are you today, man? Doing good, sir. Thank you. Yeah, thanks Thanks for coming on with us. Um, Dan, you just came off winning the Midwest Pro Mod Series Top Dragster Championship. Um, but before we get all to that, let's uh, let's maybe take a step back, go way back, and talk to us about how you got started in racing. Actually, I was probably 13 or 14 years old, and there were some – my neighbors behind us had a car that used to go over to the racetrack on Wednesday nights for grudge night. And I used to tag along with them and that pretty much set the, set the tone. And ever since I've been driving, I've had some kind of hot rod of some way, shape or form. And eventually that turned into a race car for the racetrack and then race purpose built cars and it's just kind of morphed into what it is. <laughs> yeah. So what was the track that you grew up in then? Was it Gateway? Was that uh, the closest track that you grew up in St. Louis? Gateway, and there used to be an eighth-mile track called I-55 in Peabody, Missouri, that we raced at. But Gateway was the quarter-mile track, and that's pretty much was the main place that we went. Yeah, and I know you've uh, owned – several cars over the years um what was what was kind of the most fun car you ever drove well the fun car i ever probably the funnest car that i ever drove was i've got a 75 miles of the original i built as a pro street car back in the early 80s once i got out of high school i spent my time building that and drove it on the street i don't know how many thousands of miles i put it on the street over on Wednesday nights to the drag races, and there used to be a class that was ran over there that was for specifically for streetcars, and uh-huh. had to have tag registration mufflers of the whole nine yards. And, uh, it was put on by Brett Kepner, and sure, I hate I'd hate to guess how much money I spent trying to win twenty five dollars on a trophy on a Wednesday night. But, <laughs> right. I mean it, it was a it was a, a street moving car and it run twelve O's and turn a bottle on and go ten O's and that was back in nineteen eighty three, eighty four. <laughs> and Yeah, that was a yeah that, that's uh that was a hell heck of a pass then back in the day too. You know, and now it's a it's a little more common but my goodness, that was a that was a heck of a pass. Yeah, that was one. Just a small block and a power drive with a Lazar nitrous kit on it, of all things. 
Interesting, interesting. And do you've uh, you've done a handful of other things though, um, besides bracket racing. Um, didn't you spend a little bit of time on a pro stock team as well? I've in my younger years, I've worked with and known Jerry Haas for thirty plus years, and spent my early twenties traveling the East Coast running IHRA Mountain Motor Pro Stock with, with him and the Lake Area Hayjack. Uh, we uh, would leave St. Louis, and if it was Bristol, Darlington, Rockingham, wherever it was at, that's where we ended up. I did that for probably three and a half years, and to this day, still friends with Jerry. I've known him for a long time. Yeah. Yeah, and that's uh... – yeah, yeah. Well, that's uh, but but you you went to the dark side though at some point, right? And started racing dragsters. Uh, yeah, you could call it the dark side. <laughs> it was more it was more of a technical move. I mean, I the, the my Monza that I referred to that's what I started bracket racing with, and we bracket raced that for years, and uh-huh. we started going to a few. Money races in Bowling Green, Kentucky, and it didn't take long to figure out that a weapon of choice should be a dragster, not what I was using. So, right, I I bought my first dragster in 1995 from from Danny Nelson and learned how to drive a dragster. I'd never sat one, bought one, and made the best of it. Yeah, and and that's kind of uh, where you've stayed since then. Is that right? Mostly on the dragster side. Yes, as far as as far as vehicles that I own, I've driven door cars and stuff. But as far as everything that we've done, we've just done with a dragster. I mean, we've we've followed the evolution of the dragster. I mean, I first couple cars I had were hardtail cars, and then I bought a four lane car, and then we bought swing arm cars, and then now it's the top dragster car is a four lane car again. So, gotcha. Yeah, tell us a little bit about that car that you won the championship with. Uh, it's a race tech from Burlington, North Carolina, Russ Farmer. Uh, yep. It's a two, 2014. It's 245 inch. It's his top dragster car, which yep. I, believe, I believe it has a motor in a different position and stuff like that. You know, I have. Started top dragster racing with just a bracket car, and it got gets to the point where it's so competitive now that you pretty much have to have a purpose built car to compete. So it, it's so true. It's it is so true. I mean, everybody's gotten so good at what they do, and if you do not show up to the fight with the right uh, weapons, man, it, you are really behind the eight ball. Yes, sir. And uh, what uh, what type of power plant do you have then, Dan? What uh, you're, I think you you're a nitrous guy, is that right? Yes, sir. I have a big box Chevy from RCE, Rally Competition Engines. Kim Evans, he's a been a longtime friend of mine. We um, run two stages of induction solutions nitrous on it. It's just a six thirty two. It's 
not by any means a large engine anymore. 632 is kind of one of the mill motor now, but right. <laughs> it's what we have, so that's what we use. Yeah, yeah, no. Well, you got the job done. I mean, you won the championship. Was that was that a goal that you had in in your head when the season started? Or, or tell us a little bit about that um, progression from going to the first race to you know realizing you'd won the championship. Uh, as far as the Midwest Pro Mod Series goes, I did not go to their first race in Dallas. We just weren't ready at that point. It was early in the year, and there's. I believe it was their second race was in St. Louis. And right. we, went to, we went to that race, and I basically went over just to get seat time and track time. And actually, it was a pretty well-run show. And I yep. think in our, in our first our first go-around, I, I had a semifinal finish at that first race. And then okay. we looked at, looked at the schedule that they have and decided that, you know, we had a me and my wife raced together, and we had a really good time when we went to the to the Midwest Pro Mod race. So we decided to follow their other race. And yeah, because they we went, went to St. Louis twice, I think, last year, right? So it came back to you as well. It came back, right? But yeah, but it went to it went to Ferris, Texas, for a race in between that, and it had a race in Tulsa in between that. And we had went to the Tulsa race and the, and the Ferris, Texas race and didn't really do worth a squat. We qualified, but I think I lost first round at both of those races. And when it came back to St. Louis for the second time, I think we qualified 13 by the 16 cars. And at the end of the night, they were handing me a trophy telling me that we won. So that was pretty cool. <laughs> Yeah, you, you got it done, and that's kind of the beauty of our classes, right, is you don't have to be the number one qualifier to, to make it happen, and uh, and you, you certainly did. Um, that was, yeah, kind of a testament to you. You just kept uh, hanging in there and hanging in there, and then, you know, when you did win one, it kind of pushed you through. Um, and now that you've won that, uh, that first season championship, uh, that you're planning to try to go back to back this year or what what's on the schedule for this year um we have intentions of running the midwest pro mod races again but with situation the way everything is nobody knows when that's going to start so right and it's kind of by year now but we're, we're we're ready to go whenever they're ready to go um uh, it's i'd like to think when we uh, I approach when, when I leave the house. I feel that we're, you know, on any given day, we're more than capable of winning wherever we go. You know, you just have to have good equipment, and a lot of things have to go your way. So, right. I, I my my intentions are to to run the to run the Midwest Pro Mod Series. You know, we're pretty much running with the same combination that we had last year, and with a couple. Of, Engine updates, you know, we always run the risk of not being able to qualify, and if that happens, there's not a lot we can do about it. I'm, I mean, I don't under really understand with the the way the rules are set up. Nitrous cars, 
in general kind of have a small disadvantage compared to the blower and protractor cars. And I've only got one bullet, so when I tear it up, I'll be done. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. No, under understand uh, completely. Um, understand completely with that. Uh, and you mentioned the schedules and things like that. Are, are you and your family staying safe? Uh, are you still at work? What? Uh, how does all that work for you? Yes. As a matter of fact, I'm I'm still working. I'm a machinist by trade, and we've been we've been deemed essential. So a lot of things are shut down around us. But fortunately, right now, my position still requires me to be there. <laughs> okay. It, which, right. which which is a good thing. <laughs> yes. Right. Uh, feels feels good to be essential right about now. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, no, I. I get that. I'm I'm glad you guys are doing well and safe. Um, let me ask you this. Um, if there was one thing that you could do to better the sport, uh, what would it be? I mean, you've been around a long time. You've seen the good and uh, the bad of drag racing and specifically fast bracket racing. Um, any thoughts on, you know, if you were, had a magic wand, what you do? Boy, that's a tough one. I don't really, you know, at one point, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. I, I like saying, I, you know, I pretty much, you know, just like to know what the rules are up front. (laughs) So I, you know, as far as trying to recreate anything, I mean, if it's something that, if it's something that is out in left field or way off base you know we would probably just decline to go to an event like that but for the most part i mean you know racing's racing i mean we we race we race for the for the for the, the fun of it and more importantly i mean most of our friends race and you know most of our you know it's the people that make make this worthwhile <laughs> I would I would agree with that 100%. I mean, at the end of the day, uh, we we are with and around really good people, and that is a that is a big big deal to well me and a lot of us. I know I know for sure. Well, um, Dan, thanks so much for coming on. Uh, really appreciate you uh, doing that. Um, congrats on winning the first ever Midwest Pro Mod Series Top Dragster Championship. And uh, good luck to you this year defending that championship whenever we do get a chance to get back at it again. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. That was uh, your Midwest Pro Mod Series top dragster champ, Dan Phelps. Today's half-track report is brought to you by DragRaceLawyer.com, like it always is. You guys know that. You guys know that if you have legal needs, you need to reach out to the drag race lawyer. He gets you. He knows you. And he is in your corner that way. DragRaceLawyer.com is there for you. But uh, from the reporting side this week, folks, the uh, NHRA, um, as have all of the sanctioning bodies, suspended operations as the whole world has stopped. Um, but um, they have tentatively um, scheduled the resumption of the event starting May 15th 
through 17th with the event in Division Two at Atlanta, and then also the Division Four event at the Alamo City Motorplex. So tentatively speaking, about a month from now, we could be upping running again in Division Two and Division Four. Um, there's also whenever the NHRA announced that they they talked a little bit about the next one after that would be the National Trail Raceway has the double feature. Um, as you've got the Division Three points meet July 16th to 17th, directly followed by the Sports Nationals, which is the 18th and 19th. So I like that action. I like to tow once, race twice. That is really good stuff. Um, so that that's on the schedule as of now. Um, I will tell you this. Here in Indiana, we are being told that the Rona won't hit its peak until May 19th which to me means that any racing prior to June is very optimistic, although I hope I am dead wrong. Uh, There are going to be some issues when we finally get the green light to get back to racing. Um, There are going to be changes in procedure. There's going to be changes just how we do everything at the track so that we all can stay safe. Um, In addition, some events are going to be stacked on top of each other. So we need the racing gods to be good to us when we do get back at it because there really isn't going to be much turn time in between the events to fix stuff if it breaks. So let's uh, keep our fingers crossed there and pray to the racing gods. Um, I will and we will update you when and if we hear any good news on the scheduling front uh, moving forward. Oh, let's get out of the groove for just a minute. Um, this is painful to say, but we cannot race right now. Legally, we cannot race. I mean, I never thought I would hear the day that legally we weren't able to race. Uh, but that's where we're at right now. That is the world we live in, and hopefully we are keeping people safe because of it. Because it is a big, big sacrifice for all of us. Um, but you know what we can do, and this is something that's come to the forefront here recently, but we can saddle up to our computers and race online, if you're so inclined. Um, it is a second best option for sure, and it's in a distant second place to be crystal clear but it does give you an opportunity to put it on the chip and which is helpful, at least from a mental standpoint. Uh, NASCAR right now is televising their eye racing series, just like a real event on Sundays. And truth be told, if you're just walking through the living room and look at the TV, uh, it would be hard to tell the difference in real life racing at the NASCAR level and the computer generated version. I'm almost ashamed to admit it, folks, but I broke down and I pulled out my Xbox that had been sitting in the closet, and NASCAR Heat 4 is not bad. Um, I am personally not going to spend the cash to create an iRacing simulator uh, because that can get pretty hefty real quick as well, much like a real car. Um, I joked with my friend last week. I said, the expenses in iRacing are real, but the crashes are fake. And that is uh, what what I'm taking away from all this stuff. But it, 
But the buy-in to an Xbox and a NASCAR Heat 4 is really cheap and, to me, is worth keeping the reflexes going a little bit. It, it gives me just a little bit of sanity. But it does bring up an interesting point um, in the fact that eSports are set to take off while we are all under quarantine and likely will keep rolling after that. I mean, really, the whole industry is taking advantage of this. I don't know if you knew this, but there are colleges that give out full scholies to kids who play esports, just like they're the quarterback of the football team. I don't quite have my head around it yet, but it is very popular with the kids, and the revenues are real. So my hope is that someone, anyone, comes up with a very real drag racing game for either iRacing or Xbox, PS4, etc. Because I think that will help with the kids. It just will. If they see it, it validates it a little bit. Um, not, not the greatest, but it is what it is. And I am curious, from your standpoint, have you dipped your toe into the virtual racing world? What did you think? And would do you think would move the sport of drag racing forward a little bit if we had a little bit of more of that action in us? Get at me. Tell me your thoughts on e-sporting and e-racing in particular. Or if you're on board and want to go ahead and get at me head-to-head, my ID name is Simmermaniac. Let's go. Giddy up. All right. As we hit the mile-per-hour cone today, with us is from, from Bortec Superchargers, the national title sponsor of the NHRA Top Dragster and Top Sportsman National Championships, Lance Keck. Lance, welcome to the show. How are you today? I'm great, thanks. Hey, um, really appreciate Vortex stepping up, um, but maybe let's uh, start from the beginning and tell us a little bit about your title and your day-to-day responsibilities at Vortex. Uh, my title is uh, engineering manager. Um, I uh, also have a couple of other titles. One of them is I'm a calibration engineer. I do uh, all the engine calibration for Vortec, um, and I'm also the race director. So yeah, you've got uh, you've got a handful of cards you have to pass out then. <laughs> yeah, a couple. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I think that's where uh, you really get involved as the race director um, and uh, with, with Vortex. But why don't you give us a little bit of background on the company, Vortex? Uh, the company was started by Jim Middlebrook um, in the mid-'90s. Um, we, we started out with on the automotive side, um, still do the majority of our businesses on automotive we have military um along with some aircraft uh <clears throat> side of things as well yeah so it, it's pretty uh, diversified in that regard it's not just not just race cars that you're working on oh no no not at all um we work on everything from balloon navigation to uh you just name the name the gamut and we pretty much can cover it yeah that uh that, well that sounds like fun so it's not not just uh 
trying to get our cars down the track um, in, a, in a quick time. Um, can you can you uh, talk a little bit about how Vortec got involved with uh, Top Sportsman and Top Dragster specifically? Um, sure. Uh, it, it, a little bit of history. Um, we had been out of racing for many, many years. Um, about seven years ago, um, the owner of the company felt that it would benefit us to be involved in racing on a number of levels. One, um, from a marketing and sales perspective, but also from a R and D perspective, um, the, uh, the racing allows us to, to do some testing, um, of our product and then use that to go back into our street market. Um, so, the things we learn on the racetrack benefits our our production street type um, applications. I think what you're telling us is that racers break a lot of stuff. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> well, they don't necessarily break a lot of stuff, but it gives us the opportunity to to make our product more durable, um, and we get to we get to find some of the weak links, and then we can address those for for a, a better product in the end. Yeah, because you guys are are building stuff for uh, the everyday hot rodder, street rodder type guy um, to boats. Uh, you know, people are putting this stuff oh, yeah. in, in their jet boats and all kinds of stuff. Is that right? Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. Yep. Yeah, we we've got um, probably one of the fastest offshore boats in the country. Um, it runs well over two hundred miles an hour. Um, so yeah, we we pretty much cover everything gotcha and so when you guys decided to get involved with uh with with the nhra on the national scale um how how quickly and how how aggressive were you trying to get into you know our our sport and top dragster and top sportsman um well we're we're being extremely aggressive um we we feel that top dragster and and top sportsman is the the logical jump for us um with our product at the at this point and we'll uh it'll lead into some other things in the future but we uh these cars are fast um and they need to be consistent so that that's that's what we we currently are working on yeah, no, that makes that makes sense. And what, what we've seen from the class standpoint is that, um, you know, one, you guys and, um, you know, come along board that, uh, man, the whole class gets faster. And uh, it's been really exciting to see over the last oh, yeah. several years as if you guys have gotten involved. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's, it's extremely exciting for sure. Um, and it, we we love the exposure for our product for sure. Yeah, and you, and you guys, um, you know, there's been some guys that have really taken to your product. Um, what what's kind of been the latest trend you've seen for uh, our classes um, in terms of engine side and and just uh, size of a, of a supercharger? Is there something that you guys have really keyed in on that people seem to really like? Um, a, a few aspects, um, typically. Engine size is in the 540 to 580 range. Um, we we like to take each application 
um, and look at that application, get with the racer or the engine builder, um, look at the, the specifications of the engine and what kind of air consumption um, that it's, it's capable of, and then we can properly match uh, a supercharger to that application. Yeah, because it feels like we've seen a lot of those 540 with the systems right out of the box, and you know guys are running 610, and so it oh. feels like you guys are more faster. I would say, yeah. right? Well, I mean the the efficiency of the supercharger lends itself to that. Um, it, it we really we push to to run the blower in its most efficient range. Um, which does a lot of stuff, the parasitic loss um, through the through the blower, um, cooler discharge temps. Um, so there's 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 some there's some huge advantages to properly matching the blower to the application. Yeah, it's not not just as simple as saying, "Hey, here's I've got a 540 big block Chevy, and I want to have this power level. Give me a bigger size if I I want it uh, to go faster." Um, you can, you can certainly do it. I mean, that's pretty generic. Um, we, we, we like to be a little bit more focused on, um, the application. Um, and the, the blower for the most, most part is flexible enough that, you know, it, it still has quite a bit of performance on the table. Um, so if, if the racer needs to, or wants to turn it up, um, it, it makes it pretty, pretty easy for him. Yeah. Well, and you, you, um, that, that makes a lot of sense to me. And, um, you know, certainly just feels like, uh, these things are really tunable and, and that, uh, that's so important in what we do, but I'm going to, mm-hmm. I'm going to ask you kind of a, a odd question here. What's, what's the coolest thing you've ever put a, a supercharger on one of your superchargers on? Um, we've, we've done some work on some Lamborghini, uh, Gallardos. Um, we've done, uh, you know, some Ferraris and, and some of that stuff as well. So those cars are, are pretty cool. Yeah. That, that's uh, pretty interesting. Is there anything that you've got your eye on that you want to stick one in? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm currently building a C6, um, Grand Sport. So, It'll be getting a it'll be getting a supercharger soon. I, I like it. Yeah. Um, well, that uh, that begs the question. Then tell me a little bit about your background and and uh, you know how you got addicted to this sport. Uh, well, I was inflicted early in early in life. Um, <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, really, from probably age nine or ten. Um, I've been uh, interested in motorsports or hot rodding of, of some nature since then. And uh, do you remember the the first uh, car you got a speeding ticket in? Uh, yeah, actually, it was, it was <laughs> a '66 Grand Prix Pontiac. Oh yeah, um, the the Pontiacs made good power back in the day. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, do you ever want to find that car and, uh, and really put the screws to it with the new, uh, Vortex supercharger? Oh, I'd love to. Yeah. Yeah. That would be, uh, that would certainly be an interesting project. 
and and I'm guessing then you'll you'll drag race this thing once you get it uh, put all together. Is that right? Uh, the Corvette. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. It'll get it'll get drag raced and road raced and yeah, all of it. Oh, okay. All right. So uh, it'll be a, a pretty versatile then in terms of that. Uh, that's my hope. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Um, is is there anything on the horizon that uh, we should know about our, our new product launch that uh, maybe our listeners should be aware of for, for our classes? I mean, is there anything that they really need to know about this year? Um, well, we're constantly in development. Um, we, uh, on the bigger blower side, um, one thir- 130 millimeter and, and larger, um, <clears throat> we're, we're in the process of working on that. Some of the things that we've learned from top dragster um, and, and top sportsman um, has led into a new line of billet uh, type street race blowers. So we we're, we're making some pretty good strides that direction. Um, The new norm, it seems these days for, for street cars is, you know, a thousand horsepower, um, Right. So we've so we've just released a, a supercharger that gives the street race guys, um, you know, the ability to make fifteen hundred plus. So that's that's kind of some of the technology that's that we've gained through racing. It's really pretty amazing. I mean, uh, to think that uh, you know people are putting a thousand horse on the street and fifteen hundred is kind of standard buy-in range right now i mean it's just it's really fairly amazing oh yeah yeah the technology is is certainly taken off uh to the point where a car with that kind of power is viable yeah well um before we let you go here um how are you guys doing in terms of um you know just your safety factor are you guys uh still operating as you know uh essentially or have you have you made some adjustments to the manufacturing process to deal with all the coronavirus that's going around? Um, we we are still open um, and shipping product as well as manufacturing. Um, because of our involvement in military and and some uh, FAA uh, airplane stuff, that makes us a, a company that you know should stay open. So. We're uh, we're moving full ahead. So if somebody said, "Hey, I've got a little downtime and I need to, uh, might as well go ahead and pull the trigger on this," um, they could do that. Oh yeah, yeah. Nope. We could we could fulfill their order within days. Okay, fantastic. Well, how how would uh, somebody get a hold of you if uh, they just have to go faster this season? <laughs> uh, you you can call my my cell phone it's 805-816-6619 and that would be the easiest way to get a hold of me oh fantastic well there you have it guys girls uh lance tech from vortex superchargers giving you his personal cell number if you need it lance (laughs) thanks so much for coming on that was uh really great we we appreciate uh, what you guys did um, from a company standpoint to step up for all our classes and uh, really appreciate you coming on today. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you very much for having us. That was uh, Lance Keck. If you need him.
All right, let's bring this thing back in, glance over into the other lane, and take the stripe. Guys, girls, that is today's show. It is time to pull the shoot on episode number 39. There it is. There's the wind light. Um, right on time. Right on time. There's Gloria. I will tell you guys this. This week reminds me that we need to celebrate each and every win. Every single one. Tomorrow is promised to no one. Go tell someone you love them. Go do what lights your hair on fire. Go race where you want to race because we just don't know when our last day could be. Special thanks this week for our guests coming on. That Dan Phelps, he was your Midwest Pro Mod Series initial inaugural top dragster champion. Lance Keck from Vortex Superchargers was fantastic. Um, so thanks to those guys. And uh, guys, girls, please share in the Twitter pages and the Facebook pages. Make comments. I love it when you do. Um, thanks so much for being a part of Fast Brackets Nation. I hope you enjoyed it. Keep the rubber side down and travel safe. I can neither confirm nor deny. But if you want some action, it's Simmer Mamie Act. <laughs> <laughs>